0: Welcome to Recloseted Radio, the top rated podcast for slow fashion founders. Whether you're thinking about launching a slow fashion brand, scaling an existing sustainable apparel company, or looking to make a brand more environmentally friendly, we have you covered. I'm your host, Selena Ho, and each week I'm sharing my proven strategies or interviewing industry experts. Without any further ado, Let's get started. In this episode of Recloseted Radio, we are doing another Ask Me Anything, and I asked on Instagram for you guys to send in any questions you had, and I collected them on comments and on DMs, so if you missed it and you don't want to miss any future opportunities to ask me literally anything you want, make sure you turn on post and story notifications on our Instagram account which is just at Recloseted. And how you do that is when you're on our Recloseted profile, there's a little bell on the top right corner and you'll just tap on that bell and you'll be able to see how you can turn on post and story notifications so you don't miss anything and you don't miss the next chance to be able to ask me something. Without any further ado, let's dive into the first question. So the first question I got was actually really sweet. Someone asked me, how are you doing, really? And I just wanted to say thank you for asking. I think there's been a lot going on and I think everyone's had a lot going on, but I think there's two things in particular that I really wanted to talk about. The first one being COVID and the second one also just being around the rise of Asian hate crimes in recent months. Let's start with COVID because I think that is something that we all share. I can't believe it's been over a year now that all of us have been in quarantine slash lockdown. And in many ways it almost feels like it's been longer than a year. And then also it feels like it's been shorter than a year because I feel like personally last year has just been a whole blur. But I was reflecting with a friend the other day around how this whole past year kind of felt like a bit like a wasted year or like it had taken a year of our lives and I have been kind of struggling with just feeling very helpless and not having a lot of freedom to do what I wanted like traveling or just doing just doing anything in general or seeing friends or just even seeing clients or seeing our community. And upon reflecting and journaling over the past week, I think I've just really realized that with this time, like being with all of these restrictions and almost being forced to stay at home and play in certain boundaries, for me personally, I feel like there's been a lot of growth and I've really been able to Almost like work with the confinements and the restrictions we'd had and done something with it, and really grown myself personally, grown myself as an entrepreneur, and also really just grown myself as a leader as well. And these are all things you may not realize or recognize right from the get go, but upon reflecting and really seeing everything I've done over the past year and everything we closeted has accomplished, I can't help but feel. Like, obviously, I feel proud, but I also feel like it wouldn't have happened if we weren't all confined and if I wasn't put under such pressure to succeed, um, because you either sink or swim in those situations, right? Like, if the economy is down or if certain things happen, there's no other room or no other thing to do but succeed. And so, yeah, it, it was just kind of interesting to recognize that. And personally, this year too, it's just really taught me the importance of protecting my time and my energy. And I think I talked about this in a previous episode already, but I'll just talk about it again. With the 24 hours a day that we have, it's really important to be intentional about how you spend it in terms of what you're working on, on a day-to-day or like nine-to-five perspective. But then after work, also think about how you're recharging yourself and who you're spending your time with and if the people you spend your time with like do they uplift you do they inspire you or do they drain you and do you do they cause you to feel like you're being held back it's really important to be mindful around who you're surrounding yourself with and making sure that you know not every single person in your life has to be there for development and growth purposes But even if they don't challenge you or they don't push you, like, do they wholeheartedly support you and do they wholeheartedly love you and want the best for you? I think that is so, so, so important. And a mentor of mine, he always talks about lowering the pressure and the noise, especially as an entrepreneur, because we have a lot going on in our lives. And whenever possible, you want to lower the amount of pressure or stress or anxiety in your life. So that you can really succeed in your business and so that you have the mental capacity and the strength to show up for your community or show up for your team or show up for your production partners because that is so important and all of us have a limited amount of energy and a limited amount of time and a limited bandwidth. So we really need to be selective with how we spend that so that we can really maximize and do the best we can for our business. So all this to say, I guess it's been a tough year for everyone. And I just wanted to say that if you're feeling kind of sick of everything going on and you really just want this to be over, I am 100% with you. And then on the other end, if you've experienced loss this year, be it literally someone you know passing away or be it feeling like you have lost an opportunity from your business or if you've lost uh, friends maybe or just anything in general, I totally feel you too and I totally sympathize with you. But one thing I would encourage you to do is to really take some time to reflect on how the past year has been. I previously talked about this in a 2020 recap podcast episode, but the economy is cyclical. And we don't know when the economy will go quote-unquote bad again or take a turn for the worst, but it's really important to recognize that there's years where the economy does really well and everything is booming and things are working well. And then there's years where things start to flatline, and then there's years where things don't go well. And this happens as a cycle, and it is something that has been proven over and over by history to repeat itself. So it's important to know that this will likely happen again. It's probably not going to be COVID. It may look or be caused by something else. But you really want to take the time to reflect on what really got you through the last year what you learned, what some of the emotions you experienced were and how you processed them and how you went through them. I think it's really important to document all of that so that when the economy does take a downturn again, you have these reflections that you have gathered over the past year and these lessons and these reflections and you can really use them to help you next time. It's almost like your past self reassuring your future self around the fact that it's going to be okay and around the fact that you're going to figure it out. So I would highly recommend you do a reflection, not only for your future self, but also just to challenge you to see if there were any silver linings or blessings in disguise or just positive things that happened last year with all of the weird events that happened and with all of the restrictions that we felt. So that's, in summary, how I feel about COVID. I still feel, on one hand, of course, a lot of negative emotions around it, and a lot of just sadness around what happened, and loss, and just, I guess, feeling like I've been stuck or restricted for the past year. But, you know, in in light of the situation, I think it's great that we were able to create what we've created and done what we've done. And personally, I've also grown a lot as well. So definitely grateful for that. And I don't think I would have this kind of outlook on it if I hadn't really taken the time to sit and reflect and really think about it. So really, really encourage you to do the same. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is something I kind of wrestled with if I wanted to say anything, but I really do think it's important to speak out and talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it. But basically, you probably have seen in the news, in the media, and also on social media, the rise of hate against the Asian community in recent months. And I think all of this came to a head a couple of weeks ago with the really, really tragic shooting in Atlanta which unfortunately resulted in six women of Asian descent being killed. And I was horrified, I was devastated, I was so heartbroken, and I'm sure a lot of other people were as well. We've really seen an uptake of hate crimes against the Asian community in recent years, And don't get me wrong, I think throughout the, at least throughout my life, I've seen a bit of racism towards the Asian community. Again, I don't think it's anything as severe as what the black community goes through. But regardless, there's always been stuff there. But I don't think it's gotten so violent, if you will, until the past year or so. And it's just been really scary to see because a lot of these crimes are being committed against women and elderly people and those are typically more vulnerable populations and it just it's just so heartbreaking to see and I guess as an Asian woman I'm trying to use for those of you that don't know but as an Asian woman it it just also makes me feel really afraid and actually I'm going to be taking self-defense classes in a couple months and I think, you know, any woman listening or any man listening definitely need to be able to defend yourself. Um, but I guess it just sucks that I feel the need to have to do this now and also like encourage some of my other Asian girlfriends to do it as well. I'm also going to be going with my sister and my mom and we're gonna try to make a fun thing out of it. But the reality of the situation is we just feel like we need to be able to protect ourselves. And it just sucks that it's come to this. So yeah, I mean, there's just a lot going on. And I'll just wrap this up by saying three things. The first one being, if you can, and you're able to definitely get involved, and it doesn't have to just look like an Instagram story post, or it doesn't necessarily have to look like you donating, but I would say really reflect on yourself no matter what ethnicity you are. Just think about how you tend to treat others and how you may or may not be racist towards. Just again, it doesn't have to be Asians, right? It could be black people, it could be other other communities, but you really want to take a good look in the mirror and really see what conscious biases you might have and how you actually might be racist and you actually might have these beliefs instilled in you by the media or by your childhood or by your parents unintentionally, like take a really good look at yourself and think about what are some things that I want to start to dig deeper and really question and really think about if this is actually true or not. Because I think that when we start to question things and we start to actually be curious and be open to learn and be open to see and hear other opinions. That's when we can really grow and we can really change. So that's the first thing I would say. And the second thing I also wanted to say is that if you are financially able, there's a lot of really great charities and nonprofits right now that are doing some amazing work and helping the families and loved ones that have been impacted by some of the Asian hate crimes recently. And because I'm personally based in Vancouver and a lot of our recloseted team is based here as well, I did want to give a shout out to Swan Vancouver. They are a charity that supports immigrant and migrant women engaged in indoor sex work by providing support services and systemic advocacy, which is amazing. There's also a similar uh, network in Toronto called Butterfly. And there's also a lot of others that you can Google as well. I know some of the affected families also have GoFundMe pages, so you can definitely donate and support them as well. But again, like if you're financially able, definitely help out. And if you're not, just really help spread the message, really open the dialogue with your family and friends and just just talk about this. I think it's really important for us to have these conversations And not just have it bottled up, because when we start to bottle things up, that's when things start to spill over and they start to uh, implode, if you will. So it's really, really important to have these conversations. And the third thing I will say is just being mindful of the word choices you use. So, what I mean by that is, for example, you may have seen this on social media come up a lot. But one of the most annoying things that Asians are usually faced with, especially if they've immigrated or even if they're first generation or second generation in a certain country, is the fact that they often get asked, where are you from? And as someone that was born and raised in Vancouver, Canada, I'll say I'm from Canada and then I'll get a look and the person will usually be like, okay, no, but really, where are you actually from? And I'll say Canada again. And then I'll say, you know, depending on my mood, if I'm being a little bit snippy, I'll be like, are you trying to ask me what my ethnicity is? And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they'll look a little bit sheepish or embarrassed, but call it what it is, right? Like, If you're curious about my ethnicity, then ask and don't ask me where I'm really from because that's insulting because I'm from Canada or like I'm from my mother's womb. Like, I don't know. What do you want me to say? So I think that our word choices are really, really important and it doesn't just apply to this example, right? Like what we say to people and what we use to communicate to people can hurt people or it can intentionally make them feel a certain type of way. So it's really important to be mindful and conscious of how we communicate with others and do so in a way where we are compassionate and we're empathetic towards each other. With all of this being sad and with all of this happening, sometimes the idealistic side of me is just really frustrated by all of this because I'm just like, why can't we just all get along? Why can't we just stop hurting each other? And why can't we work together to actually solve issues at play that really actually need our attention? such as climate change, which is a huge problem that is so multifaceted and multi-layered that we need a bunch of people working on this. Or like the opioid crisis. Like there's so many global issues at play, but it just frustrates me sometimes that we're just too busy arguing with each other or hurting each other or fighting with each other to really just like band together and solve these issues. So anyways, All of this to say that there's just been a lot going on and I think that a lot of other people have also been experiencing a lot of things as well. And just be, I I would just say, be compassionate towards yourselves because we have been in this weird kind of quarantine lockdown now for over a year. There's been a really weird fluctuation with economy now and if you're a business owner, I, I know that's been a lot on your mental health and just a lot on your stress and your anxiety levels too. So, take it easy, make sure you take the time to reflect and really be able to process everything and really talk to someone if you need to, right? Like it it could be a friend, it could be a therapist, it could be a loved one, but make sure you take the time to process everything and reflect. Okay, so I know that was a really long answer. So, I now want to switch gears and move into the second question. And I know I got a bit deep and vulnerable there, so let's switch gears and talk about a more lighthearted subject. We got a question about the Instagram algorithm, and the person was just wondering if we had any tips because they had seen a recent dip in engagement and they were still pumping out the same amount of content, the same type of content, but they were just noticing that it wasn't doing as well anymore. What I will say about the Instagram algorithm is that while it is always changing, I don't think it's necessarily out to get us. I really do feel like if you know the true intention of the platform, then you can really play by those rules. And at the end of the day, all Instagram wants is for people to use the platform for longer and to be on there longer. And In order to do that, what you can do is to create content that you think that your community would really engage with and really like. And so you may want to potentially rethink your content strategy because just because things have worked before doesn't necessarily mean it will continue to work. And you may also want to just iterate and test things because that will just keep your brand fresh and keep your brand exciting. So that's the first thing I would really suggest, like rethink your content strategy and think about how you can really foster more engagement and more connection with your community, because not only will that help your Instagram engagement, but at the end of the day, if we really think about why you're on Instagram, it's really because you want to create brand loyalty and you want to create a customer that is really excited about your brand. So you want to be able to foster a connection with them. And the second thing you want to keep in mind when it comes to the Instagram algorithm is, yes, they want to keep people on there for longer. But when Instagram rolls out new features, you always want to make sure you're using it and you're testing it because with their new features, they often promote it. And with TikTok recently, you'll you'll know that Instagram released Reels and that's their response to competing with TikTok. And so A lot of our reels on Recloseted are getting a lot of views, which is great. And if you haven't already started posting reels, I would highly encourage you to do so and just play around with the platform because Instagram right now is serving up reels. Even in the explore page, you'll see that the reels are much bigger than the feed posts. And there is just a whole separate other discovery platform for the reels. So make sure you're taking advantage of that if you aren't already. And in the future, whenever Instagram releases new features, you always just want to make sure you're playing around with it and layering it into your content strategy so that you can really use it to grow and nurture your audience. Okay, we got another question around sourcing sustainable materials and having troubles finding sustainable fabrics that are high quality. With this, I have a few tips. So the first thing is definitely to leverage online platforms. So Facebook groups in your area, like if you have a specific fabric you're looking for, post in the Facebook group, see if anyone has worked with anyone or if certain owners of mills are in those Facebook groups, they can let you know if they have those fabrics. So definitely leverage sustainable fashion Facebook groups. The second thing you can always do is just look on Google as well. But the caveat there is not every single mill will be able to have really good SEO and pop up. So you may want to start with Google and Facebook groups and see what you get. And then of course, once you get in touch with someone, you also want to make sure you're getting swatches or samples of the fabric so that you can test it, play around with it and really feel it. And if this is not your area of expertise, I highly recommend you hire a sustainability consultant or some sort of sourcing expert to really help you in the matter because a lot of them will have industry connections and know which mills are good and which mills aren't and that can save you a lot of time and potentially a lot of money because you won't be buying the wrong fabric so highly recommend you look up a sustainability consultant our team is equipped to do that and we have helped clients source everything from athletic wear to Cotton t shirts to deadstock. So, really make sure you either work with us or find another sourcing expert, too, especially if this is your first time launching your collection or you're just starting a sustainable fashion brand. If you're curious about how you can work with us in a consulting capacity, you can visit slash consulting, and I will leave that in the show notes as well. But on that page, we have a list of all of our services, and you also will have the opportunity to book a complimentary discovery call with me, where we will discuss if it is a fit to work together, and what our process looks like. So again, you can check out the show notes or just visit recloseted.com/consulting to learn more. Building on top of the previous question around how to source sustainable fabrics. We also had another question about when to decide or how to decide what fabric to work with. So like I just mentioned, you want to make sure that you're getting swatches of all the different fabrics from all the different mills that you're potentially considering to work with. And once you get the swatches, I always say like you can touch it, you can feel it, you can see it, and you can really get a gauge around if this fabric is going to work for your design and if this fabric is really what you envisioned the clothing or the accessory to really look like. If you have a technical fashion background, I would start to sew with the fabric, see how it bunches together, or see if it's going to work for the garment you have in mind. If you're working with a designer, once you have a bunch of different swatches of fabric and you narrow it down maybe to your top two that you like, it might be beneficial to do some prototypes and some samples, just some initial tests and the designs that you have, just to see how it wears and how it drapes and how it feels. I think that can be really beneficial before you go ahead and order a whole bunch of fabric. Another thing you always want to remember too is to wash the fabric. So you can hand wash it. I would also highly recommend you put the fabric in the washing machine unless it's cashmere or wool and it's something that a consumer won't be putting in the washing machine, but you want to see how it wears and tears as well. So definitely stretch the fabric, definitely be rough with it because some of your customers may not treat their garments with as much care as others. So you'll want to see how this fabric wears and tears and if it's going to withstand the test of time. Another question we received was around creating a sustainability report for their brand. And with this question, I highly recommend you go back and listen to episode 64 of Reclosited Radio, where I talk about how you can market your sustainable fashion brand without coming across as greenwashing. So we'll leave that in the show notes, but that's episode 64 and highly recommend you listen if you haven't already. If you're a brand that is just starting out, I highly recommend you take the approach that we teach our clients, which is really to understand what your sustainability values and priorities are, and really state them clearly on your webpage or on a sustainability page on your website. And then that way you can really show your customers, these are our North Stars, these are the things that are important to us, and these are how we make the decisions in our brand. And... We sometimes need to make hard decisions around certain fabrics or certain manufacturers, but with the North Stars or with the priorities or with the values that we have, this is how we decide what we do. And because startups have limited time and resources, I think that will be a really good first step. And then if you're able to then state what you hope to do in the next year or the next five years and build a sustainability roadmap, I think that would already put you eons and like years ahead of some of the fast fashion brands that are doing nothing. And then if you are able to take one step further, I think having metrics and proof on your website is really important as well. So be that any certifications that are relevant, or even just any lifecycle analysis, you aren't the one that has to do all of the analysis. There are companies such as Green Story, and we've had a kill on the podcast before, but there's companies like Green Story that can help you analyze things, um, but you just need to have the budget and the resources in order to be able to do that. If you're a brand that has been in business for a few years and you have a small founding team that can help you, then I would suggest really putting in the resources to put in, a more solid sustainability plan, and potentially a corporate social responsibility strategy. And this is something that, again, we offer at Recloseted, and you can find out more information on our consulting page. But it's really important at that time to get an expert's opinion on how your brand is really impacting the fashion industry and where it can go and the steps you will need to take to be able to achieve that. Because yes, you want to be profitable with your business, but you are also leaving a legacy with your business and you want to make sure that you are proud of the legacy you're leaving and you're doing everything you can to really make the world a better place. We had another really good question around finding inspiration or creativity for your next collection launch or your next designs. This person was saying that she was feeling like she was in a bit of a creative rut. And with COVID, she just felt like she couldn't really go outside or travel. And that was one of her big sources of inspiration before. And what I have to say to that is I definitely empathize with you. And I definitely understand that as a creative person, it's hard when you feel like you don't have a lot of sources for inspiration. And also with all the pressure and the noise and the stress going on with all the different layers of with everything going on, it can feel like that creative juice or that creative tap is just running dry or it's, it's really not even running at all. So what I have to say to that is really get back to your ideal customer and with your persona or with your muse. It's really important to do everything with your ideal persona or ideal customer in mind And if you've never heard of that term before, it basically just means the person that your brand really is aiming to help and to serve. Because at the end of the day, every single product that you make needs to really have a really big impact on their life and it needs to solve some sort of problem and really make some sort of pain point go away. We can't just make product for the sake of making product. We need to make sure that everything we do benefits someone and will have a positive impact on their life. I recently shared this example with our Conscious Label Launcher participants. For those of you that don't know, CLL is our program that is six months long and takes slow fashion founders from idea to launch. And we recently started a new cohort this year in February. And so we're in the middle with our current cohort and it's going awesome. Last week, in our private Slack community with our CLL participants, I had shared a mini case study about a brand called Lenya, and I think I'm saying it right, but I could be butchering it. But it's a silk, predominantly silk-based pajama or loungewear brand, and they have machine washable silk. And I was just dissecting that with our CLL participants saying how a problem that their ideal customer likely has is that fact that they love silk, they think it's really luxurious and it feels really nice on the skin, but they hate the maintenance of it. Like they hate taking it to the dry cleaners, they hate having to wash it. And so they actually found machine washable silk to alleviate that. And then when you see how their pieces are designed, There's no seams in certain areas of the pants and it's just really designed with comfort in mind and with the customer in mind. I tell you this example because I really want to illustrate the fact to you that when you create product, it is really, really important not just to create from your source of creativity and think about what you think would be good, but bring it back to the person you're helping and to your ideal customer and think about what would solve a problem for them and what would be a really good solution for them that they would feel excited about. In the Conscious Label Launcher program, we teach all our participants to co-create products and solutions with their ideal customer so that when they launch or so that when they finally hit publish to the website, the product does really well and it sells out on its own because it is something that is needed and people actually want. So, if you're ever lacking creative inspiration or you're not sure what to launch next, you go back to your muse, go back to your ideal customer and think about what they need. And if you really feel like you've gotten out of touch with them in COVID, because I know a lot of our clients typically stayed in touch with their ideal customers when they were in person at markets or selling to them at retailers. So, if you feel like you've gotten out of touch with them, book some Zoom calls or book some focus group interviews with them. It doesn't have to be in person. It can be online and you can do it safely, virtually. But it's really important just always to have a pulse on what's going on with your ideal customer and use them as your muse and use them as your creative inspiration. I hope that this was helpful for you. These are all the questions I'm going to answer today. But if you want to get your question in next time, make sure you again go to our Recloseted Instagram page Follow us and then turn on post and story notifications so that you don't miss the next time you're able to ask me anything you want. And that was today's episode. If you enjoyed it and you took a lot out of it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, and tag us at recloseted. Additionally, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe because new episodes will be automatically downloaded and it also helps us as well to continue to provide this podcast for free to you and continue to share all of these valuable resources. If you haven't already, also make sure you rate Recloseted 5 Stars if you think we deserve it and write a positive review. That really helps us as well. And we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, together, let's write the harmful fashion industry.